Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Today I have Emily and Maria with me, which I'm very excited. I was actually on their podcast about what, a month ago now or so, a little bit over a month ago, Open Plan Podcast. Um, so definitely go check them out. Today I wanted to have them on. They have an awesome series going right now all about the ARVs, which I want to talk about. And then also just about architecture, being a woman in architecture, starting a podcast, um, but I'll let them introduce themselves a little bit first, and then we'll get going. So, Emily. Hi, I'm Emily, um, and I am based out of Philly right now. Um, I'm a architectural designer slash project manager with WSP, which is a very large engineering firm. Um, and in our Philly office, we um, specialize in transportation. So I do a lot of transportation architecture, so railways and like train stations and things like that. Um, Prior to coming to Philly, um, I did my master's at Georgia Tech, uh, my master's of architecture, and that's where I met Maria, who's my (laughs) co-host, and um, that's kind of how the podcast was born. Um, So uh, yeah, working backwards, um, that's how Maria and I met. We did our master's in Atlanta at Georgia Tech, and prior to that, I'm originally from the East Coast, so that's what kind of brought me back here. And um, if you want to go back like real far, (laughs) my undergrad is um, also in architecture and I did it in Philly um, at Temple. Um, And for me, architecture was not on my radar at all growing up, um, which I think is very much the case for a lot of people. Um, My dad's a doctor, my mom's a teacher, so uh, and no one else in my family is an architect. but I've always been drawn to the arts, um, whether it was through writing or drawing, um, I knew I wanted to do something um, in the arts. And architecture just caught my eye, honestly, because my dad's friend's daughter was doing architecture at Temple. Um, And at this point, this was like my junior year in college and I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I was open for anything. Um, And I toured the campus and immediately fell in love with like kind of the studio environment and learning in a very non-traditional way compared to what I've grown up doing. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how I landed there and I've stuck with it since. (laughs) So clearly I like it, Um, even though it could be very difficult as we'll talk about, I'm sure later. I I love that you, because you said um, 
you know, many people don't necessarily know they want to go into architecture, but I almost feel the opposite. Like you hear so many architects say, oh, I grew up building Legos all the time. And I didn't, I didn't have that experience. And so I had more of an experience like you, where it was like, I didn't even really have that on my radar. And I don't know if that's like a male, female version of becoming an architect, because, you know, maybe the guys grow up like, oh, you are good with Legos. You're going to be a great architect. Yeah. Or doing like wood shop in high school. Like yeah. I did not do that. No. Um, so, and honestly, I was very scared of power tools for a long time. So, Oh yeah. When I first went into the studio and they were like, okay, here's the shop. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> oh, for sure. I was always so nervous going in the shop. So yeah, that's true. I feel like some people know, and then some people don't. So. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I also think it's awesome that another female was kind of your inspiration into like, oh, I could go into architecture because mm-hmm. that also is not usually the case. And so that's amazing. That's awesome. Awesome. Maria? I'm originally from Sao Paulo, Brazil. So my kind of my experience in early in the early age with architecture was a little bit different. Um, I think in Brazil is a little different where architecture is more towards women like it is something that is on the radar um the boys go like do civil engineering or mechanical engineering and stuff so that was always on the radar um but I did ballet for 14 years when I was young and that was where I was really in love with the arts and just you know dance and performance and and then by like consequence of that also like performance spaces and and the places that I was seeing ballet happen and where I was rehearsing and all that stuff so um and then there's a a moment I think it was eight years old or something where uh one of our most famous architects in Brazil Oscar Niemeyer went to my city to present like a new project for the new headquarters or not headquarters a new like franchise I guess of the Bolshoi like the Russian ballet theater in our city so long story short the project never happened but I saw the model and I saw you know the the project and what it could be and it was the merging of architecture and and ballet and like all of that in one and I was like wow this is really interesting like I wonder if that could be something I could do but it always felt like almost like becoming a ballerina for a profession like so like far and maybe like not certain and you know too artsy and all that stuff so once I got to high school and it was more of a rational, like, what am I going to do? Um, I ended up picking architecture because it was kind of in between like math and science, but also with the arts and kind of that freedom. So I thought it was the good in between. And I actually started school in Brazil before I came to the U.S., but um, only like a semester, which was great because then I was pretty sure that I wanted to do architecture. And then I started back um at Georgia Tech in Atlanta for my undergrad and my grad straight through. So, and then in between, I was doing internships in Atlanta and different firms. And now I'm working at Studio Sogo. I'm a design associate and I do their marketing. So that's kind of a little, you know, side quest that I did um, during COVID where I worked in marketing for an architecture firm for a year. And that was really interesting to learn that side and you know, made me really interested in that. And so now I'm doing both, which is cool. Um, It's for a small firm, so it's doable, but it's a lot of work. 
Um, so that's yeah, so, that's, that's so interesting going into the marketing side of things because it's not like we're taught that in school or anything. And but it is such a huge part of architecture because marketing's really like the key to presenting anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like even how you present yourself, how you how you market your project so that people understand it and so that um, people want to go with the way that you you have it in your mind because if you could have an amazing um, an amazing project or amazing idea but if you don't market it in the right way people won't want to go for it so that's mm-hmm. such an interesting I've never really thought about that I've had people say to me oh you're I have a friend who's uh, in marketing and she's like oh you're so good at your marketing I'm like I don't I don't I, I didn't intend for that. Like it's not yeah. an intention, but it makes so much sense that it's like, it's, it's kind of almost you're t- in a way taught marketing in school, even though right. it's not obvious. It's yeah. It's definitely something that I realized at some point that I had those skills and I was like, I could do all of this. And then <laughs> I was doing some marketing, like actual, you know, social media and, and I don't know, graphics for a student organization. And that was always like so much fun. And I always wanted to do that instead of studio. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, we learn all those skills. We have all those skills. Yeah. So now we're applying it to the podcast and to my firm and all that stuff. And you realize that the architecture degree is very broad. It is so broad. And that's what I tell people too. Like I have people who come to me who are like, I have always wanted to be an architect, but like, I don't know if now that I've gone through the schooling, like, I don't know if the journey is right for me. And I'm like, you could do anything. Like you could go into marketing, you could do furniture design, you could, um, you know, go work for a software developer and work in the software tech industry. Like there's, it's so broad that, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty, um, almost lucky because you, you go to school for one thing. And also like the degree of architecture is, I don't, I don't know if like, I would say, I mean, I guess I was going to say like prestigious, you know? So like, if you have that on your resume that you went to architecture school, even if you're not necessarily, um, you know, applying for something in architecture, it's, it's great. So Um, that's kind of, yeah, the advice I try to tell people, like, you don't, it doesn't mean just one thing. And also even in like, what will you do? Like all three of us work for architecture firms and do totally different like typologies and, and everything. So yeah, I mean, you could design bridges or you could design tiny houses, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And the same, like me and Emily talk about this all the time and, and my husband, because he's also in architecture and it's like the same, even the same title, like your project manager in a firm like Emily's or in a small firm or in, you know, it, it could be, it can be totally different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. It allows a lot of flexibility, um, which, which is because I, I, I do see so much um, kind of like negativity around architecture in terms of like the studio culture and then also how difficult it is to become licensed and all that. And, and I think that that's a really good kind of like bright side of it where you don't have to become licensed, even if you have the degree, but that degree really does open so much flexibility. And then even like, you know, you starting in ballet, like, you know, even, even that, the, the, the mix between, art and science and, and math and everything, like you could still go on to, you know, do something in 
in the performance, you know, yeah. even, even with that. So that's kind of what started that like interest. And I was like, I'm going to design theaters, <laughs> which still, you still can amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of like the trigger, like, that's what I'm going to do. Hey, before we get started, if you are ready to pass your exams and become a licensed architect, you're going to want to listen to this. We are revolutionizing architectural education. It is my goal and mission to help as many people as possible become licensed architects while still maintaining their happiness. So introducing the architecture of play. This is our secret podcast series that will transform the way you study and prep for your ARE. Imagine having a happy work-life balance while also pursuing your dream of becoming a licensed architect. I promise you, it is possible. Our seven-episode private podcast gives you exclusive access to the secrets that can make this dream a reality. Remember, the more fun you have, the more likely you are to pass your exams and become a licensed architect. Start listening today at dci.beyoungdesign.com slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, that's amazing. And there's so much to that with like acoustics and oh my gosh, so much acoustics. I was teaching a um, class at a, a Chico state and I was teaching a, a portion was on acoustics and we were essentially studying theaters because that's like the key, um, the key acoustic case study. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I have a kid screaming in the background, but this is just life. So it's fine. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like the key case study and like, how can you design something beautiful but also comfortable, also, you know, sounds good and sounds good for every individual that's like sitting Mm -hmm. in that. It's honestly, I feel like it's like one of the coolest things and complicated thing that you could design. That's amazing. And the firm that you're working for, what kind of projects do they do? My firm, um, we do maybe like 30% residential, like renovations and stuff like that and then the rest is mostly commercial adaptive reuse restaurants well maybe they'll have to throw in a theater at some point <laughs> right I awesome. okay so I would love to talk about your guys's journey into licensure yeah um so I decided to get licensed um after working after undergrad for five years I felt like I needed that time to really figure out if I wanted to do architecture. After undergrad, I was like very burnt out and honestly questioning whether I wanted to like stick to the traditional architecture role or maybe like, as we talked about, you could do so many other things. Like I was really thinking about like, you know, product design or um, going into like graphic design or even like, you know, marketing, things like that. And I was really trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So I was like, I'm just going to work at a couple firms and see if this is for me. And so I gave myself like five years, which is probably longer than what I should have done to go back to school, but I really didn't want to go back to school. Um, And I was putting it off because I just like really loved, like, I honestly loved working and I loved working in a firm. So 
I really felt like in the groove there. And I noticed, you know, that if I did want to get promoted or if I ever honestly just wanted to, you know, just do the next step in my career, I needed to get licensed, at least in my mind. Um, I know you definitely don't technically. Um, but, and then if the opportunity of me ever wanting to do my own firm or run something on my own, and it just offers like a level of flexibility that I think, um, if I ever wanted to leave the traditional firm that it kind of opened the doors for it. And honestly, my, my husband's always been a huge proponent of me getting licensed. He's like, I really think you like, you know, you should just do this. Like you like start your, like he really wants me to start my own firm first of all. So he's just always like a very motivational, like do it, do it. You can do it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And he's like, just do it. So I would credit him honestly for a lot of pushing myself. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm just going to apply to grad school because I had a four-year degree. So I needed to get the professional degree. So that kind of was a driver between, uh, behind me going back to school. And that was when I went to Georgia Tech. Um, and the whole time I was like, after this, I'm going to have my six exams. So um, knew that was coming. I mean, I love hearing that you had that gap in between because same thing, like I hated school and mm-hmm. I was... I liked school where it was the classes I was interested in, but I was not about to like go to more school if I didn't have to. So I was trying to actually avoid that as much as possible. So same with you. Like, yeah, like I, I really enjoyed working. I mean, well, of course, because in school you don't get paid for like studying, Yeah, but you know, it's, there's something really satisfying about getting a paycheck when you're working. So I always love that too. And once you taste that freedom, it's so hard to go back. <laughs> like you're so like, oh hard. my gosh, like I like have money now. I could like hang out with my friends and like everyone was yeah. kind of living that like young professional life. You I feel like, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. weekends and it, it I don't took have to a lot study. to go back. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then of course, and then it's not really the case after you finish grad school and you're planning on going to the ARES because then you are almost back in school, exactly. but even worse. <laughs> like, Honestly, because now worse. you're working. <laughs> yeah. Now you're working full time and that, but so it's nice to hear a gap, but I think people also are like, okay, should I study right away? Or should I, stu- you know, give myself a year and study? I personally tell people you think you're busy now, you will always get busier. If you, you know, work is just going to get busier. You might get elevated in your role you know, if you start a family, that's going to get busier. Like I, the time is now always, (laughs) you know, like you always like, like when have there ever been a time when like you're less busy, but, but at the same time, I do think it's important to like celebrate getting done with school because that is so much work. And so taking a little breather and, and then getting into it. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point to give yourself some breathing room because I don't think you can start like fully focused studying unless you're like, okay, like I'm doing this. And even if you're like carrying any baggage from like school or exhaustion, like you're just not going to want to do it. So I think that's a great point to give yourself a a month, I think is what I did or trying to think. So my situation, I honestly think I started it quicker because it was during the pandemic and I graduated my master's. And the, like, no one was hiring. It was crazy. Like we went through like the busiest career fair, like that February where I was like getting offers. Five offers per person. Five offers. Getting It was a month before February, 2020. 
So there were more uh, employers and students at the career fair. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. And yeah, I had like three firms I was talking to, like all this stuff. And then the pandemic hit March and then we graduated in May. And honestly, like all the firms were like, we're just, we're honestly laying people off. Like we're not even hiring. Like we'll keep you updated. Like, I really think it might come back in the fall. Like it was a lot of like, there was just so much unknown. People yeah. were like, I mean, nobody knew with yeah. me. I had so many clients who, who were like, I don't know what's happening. So let's just pause for a minute because mm-hmm. this could go really bad or yeah. this can blow over and be yeah. fine in a couple months, which mm-hmm. now it's like, you know, the industry like blew up because everyone's like, give me a home office, but you know, right. <laughs> It was very unknown. Yeah. So those first couple months was, was very strange. And then we were also like going to be moving from Atlanta to Philly. So there was just a lot of like unknowns of whether like I should start a job in what city. And like, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start studying now because, you know, I can make use of this time when I don't have a full-time job yet. Um, and also like all these other life changes I was going to get married and like all these things and I was like you know what I'm just going to focus on personal development for the next couple months um so that's when I took my first test and I graduated in May and I took my first test in August so I feel like I didn't really do anything the month of May a little bit of June gave myself a break and then I kind of just started studying um and this was for practice management so um, and we talk about this on the pod- our podcast as well, but I think that's a good first test because you don't really need experience, I would say, for that. Um, even if you do have some, you're probably not doing practice management stuff on your day-to-day role. Yeah, so. I would say people could work in an industry f- or in an architecture firm for like 25 years and maybe never see what is on practice management. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So true. Like you can just open up a textbook and just start fresh and just start studying for it like it's a school test. Um, so I did that and then I took it in August um, and I passed. So that was really nice um, to get the ball rolling. I was so shocked. I passed. Like I just heard so many horror stories of the Aries. I was like, I'm going to fail. Like everyone fails these. Like, and so I think that really kicked my butt into gear. Just getting that first pass really gets you on a momentum and like being like, well, I could actually do this. Maybe I've made it in this industry. I'm like, maybe, maybe I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. So that was good. Um, and then I took that and then I actually started my full-time role that fall. So in October or no, September. Yeah. So I started in fall um, after I took one test and then that was a couple years ago. And since then um, I'm on my second to last test. I've done five and I have one more, which is crazy. That's really exciting. I mean, and it's also crazy when you said that was a couple of years ago, I was like, I know (laughs) the last few years, it's like been such a time warp. It's, it's, and okay, I'm going to get a little weird, but you know, like I always talk about how time is like just our own perception and how it's, bendable essentially. And so all the time when I'm like, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And then I'm like, I have all the time in the world. Like all is good. And that's a perfect example. Like the last few years, like what even happened? Like what? I don't even, I yeah. don't even know. But. I literally think like that was two years ago to me, it feels like last summer, but yeah. it wasn't. And so much has happened in between at the same time. Like I definitely took a break between 
I took three pro tests, but you could like kind of group together. And then I took a break because that was actually right when my wedding happened. Um, so it was like, I cannot function. And also my, my job got super busy then and we were moving. So I had a lot happening. So I gave myself like a two, three, two to three month break of just not studying at all. Um, and then I started up with my like uh, technical exams. Well, I think that's a really good point too, is like, to, to, to think about that, like, so it has taken almost two years or, you know, maybe more or whatever to get through them. And I think when people first hear that it, it's like, seems daunting and overwhelming, like, oh my God, this is a two-year process, but it is six exams. And like, you're saying like life happens and it's okay to put it on pause and, you know, Mm-hmm. work on whatever you need to work on and then you can get back on it. And, and that's why I, I do say all the time too, like the whole, um, and, and, uh, you know, obviously whatever works for you is the best, but like the whole concept of like studying as hard as you can and then going in and taking all the exams within like a week or yeah. two, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's not needed. And it's yeah. like too overwhelming. And, I feel like the stress that you put on yourself in in order to do that is just like not even worth it where you can take a break between pro practice and the technical and, and have life happen. And, and it doesn't mean that, you know, Oh shoot, I'm like not ever going to do it because I put it on pause. So I think that's really important for people to know. It definitely works for some people. Um, and if you have the like time period in your life where you can just kind of drop everything and just study super hard and then people go hard for like three, four months, but then they're not doing anything between that three, four months. Like you're able to just isolate. And I just, I never have spans of time like that. I don't know what it is. Like something is always happening. And then I also am like a big proponent of like balancing studying with life. Like I have not stopped life like at all. Like I still travel a lot. I got married. I have the same social life, honestly, as I did prior. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like, I'm a big proponent in just continuing your social life and studying. Cause otherwise you're just going to be so miserable. Um, and that's just for me. Some people probably are like fine with not socializing and just wanting to study and get it done. But like, that's not me as a person. Like I really need to see my friends and like my husband. And um, I was like, mentally, like I need to have that social time and study time. And like, that took me like a little while. Like I used to feel guilty for doing stuff like all the time. Um, but eventually I was like, no, I don't care. Like I'm in my like late twenties, early thirties. Like I don't, I don't have a kid yet. I want to do it's stuff. Your timeline. You know? Yeah. It's your timeline. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and ever since I made that decision, I've just been so much happier. Um, I just feel like I'm not missing out on stuff anymore. And also like reaching my goals, which is good. So So that's something I talk a lot about in Mind Over ARE because I have a lot of people who like we have a community in there and there will be people and it's been many people who are saying like I went I have a wedding this weekend and I don't know if I should go because I have an exam in three weeks and I just like feel so (laughs) guilty and I'm like go to the wedding like don't even study the next day like go to the wedding take the weekend off yeah and honestly like the the if you do stuff like that, or you have a social life, the quality of your studying is so much better rather than like, because I mean, really, if you didn't go to the wedding, like, would you really study that much? 
probably not like no is it worth not gonna make a difference and like you're not you're gonna just stay at home during yeah. the time that you were at the wedding like right exactly yeah like yeah. 6 like p.m to midnight yeah. yeah exactly yeah and it's it's so important for our mental health to have you know the connections and stuff still and and yes like it does change it, you know, maybe you're not going out every night or maybe you're not even going out every week, but you have still like social connections and everything. And it, it does alter your schedule, but at the same time, like, that's why I am such a proponent of take it one at a time, take it as you need it in your own timeline. Otherwise, honestly, like, I know people who have done that and just completely burned out. And so they, they did that, took, took it all fit, maybe passed like four exams, but failed one and then just put it off for like two years because yeah. it's like, I do not want to do that again. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's so true. Yeah. You, okay. you want to okay. pace yourself. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maria, tell us um, your story. Yeah. <laughs> so mine's very different. So um, I graduated with Emily as well during the pandemic. Same thing happened. Um, and I was supposed to start a job in June and I was planning on taking May off. But then obviously like all of that got shaken up. And I was going to say when you were talking about time, like May 2020 feels like three months, like it lasted three months <laughs> or more. But anyway. I ended up um, finding another job and started in June, the same time that I was supposed to start with the other previously, you know, offer. Um, but it was not obviously, you know, where I wanted to be ultimately and all that kind of stuff. So I started that job and it was like, not very good on my mental health. <laughs> um, I did not enjoy the, the environment, it was very far from where I live. So I had to commute and no, they were not working remotely. We had to be in the office. So there were a lot of things that, you know, were going against my, my happiness at the time. In May, so, if this was June, 2020. Yeah. And you were having to work in person in the office. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Yeah but it was a job. <laughs> you see, I know you see everyone making sourdough bread and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like I don't, I don't relate to these working yeah. from home <laughs> memes and TikToks oh and all. So yeah, that was, you know, I, I, I had to take it because I'm, I was on the student visa at the time and it was all this whole thing, um, which we talk about a little bit on our podcast, but it would be awesome to do like a whole episode on this whole thing because it is tough. But anyway, right, so just real I, quick, I do want to say too, I have so many people who reach out to me who are like on the foreign architect journey. And that would be so helpful for them to, to hear like another experience. So I agree. You guys should do a whole episode on that because there's so many people who are looking for, um, again, like just another person's experience and then maybe even like tips or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, the whole job hunting process is like completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I actually, you know, had the same thought as Emily. I was like, you know, it's COVID, like I'm working, but I don't really, I'm not really engaged. So it might be a good time to start studying. So I started, but 
not seriously. <laughs> so I think it's definitely true. Like once you start, like make sure that that's, you know, you're ready and you're going to hit the ground running because I started like, eh, kind of studying, studying on lunch breaks, but then not studying when I got home because I had such a long drive and all that stuff. So at some point I just said, I can't do this. Like it's not the time I'm too, you know, stressed out in this environment. Like I'm trying to look for another job and all this stuff. Um, so there was just a lot going on and I just kind of put it off. I was like, I'm not doing this now. Um, I, I knew I wanted to do it. Um, I went to grad school and all that stuff. So that was always kind of in the plan. Um, I didn't have like a, oh, I'm going to do it like right away after school um, because I knew that I was going to be so tired and burned out after school. But especially going through straight, like I didn't take a break between undergrad and grad. So I was ready to take a sabbatical for a year before even thinking about it. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so that's kind of how I decided to just take just not start yet. And once I started to, you know, I switched jobs, I went to marketing and then, then I was like, am I going to do marketing for the rest of my life? Do I need to get licensed? What is happening? So I had a little life crisis, but eventually I realized that I wanted to go back to architecture and work in architecture. So that's where I started working this year, like beginning of this year in January is where I am now. Um, and that kind of triggered my brain to think about the ARES a little bit more again and consider like, am I mentally like in a space where I could handle this and it could, I could fit it into my routine. Obviously, you know, at my pace, like I'm not trying to finish them in six months or anything like that. Um, and I'm trying to let go of that mindset of like getting them done really fast. Like it's fine. I have a life, you know, you have to integrate it. So now I am starting to study for um, practice. So I'd studied for a couple of weeks and have, I, I had COVID and <laughs> had to take a break. <laughs> um, but now I'm starting to get back into it and I'm hoping to take the test this summer and hopefully get a pass and get a fire under my butt a little bit. But yeah, it's funny how sometimes that, and that's why I tell people all the time, like just schedule it because Otherwise it's so easy to just like put it off and put it mm -hmm. off. And so, and then, you know, same, like with Emily, that first pass is like, oh, okay, I think I can do this. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to study. You have like your whole, you know, you got your books out, <laughs> you're all like yeah. excited about it again. But I mean, it's know. nice to get a pass but at the same time. If you don't, it's totally fine too. Yes. Which, you know, you definitely learn, like I failed a couple already now and it's like, at the time I hadn't. So I was like, I need to pass them all on the first time, but it's like so normal not to. So it definitely helps to, to get, keep going, but it's not a big deal if you don't know. So totally. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, so I didn't pass my first exam when I took a practice management and I, again, like I didn't have the community or the podcast that was like all these people talking about it. So I had heard that, I think I had like the NCARB community, which is really good, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, just one only so deep, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's and like, filtered, so, I feel like a little bit. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I knew it was a hard exam, of course, but I, I don't think I was prepared for the fail. And so going in there and taking it and then, and, and at the same time, like, and, and I, I don't 
try to hide this at all. Like I was not a straight A student. And so I was, and I, I've always been very much like, oh, whatever it's exam. If I don't pass it's whatever. Um, but this one did hit a little different, you know, just being, you know, it, it is when you study a lot for. So after that first fail, it did take me a little while to even want to open a book again. And, Mm -hmm. and because it can be deflating, but at the same time, now I feel like, and maybe just because I'm like in the world, I feel like people are talking about it more. So maybe it's only my own like perception, but I, I think it's good for people to be aware of it so that it's less of a shock when that fail happens. And so they're able to get back on it earlier and study and, and not, you know, but, but at the same time, I think that that can also like everyone talking about the fail failures can maybe scare people from like even getting in there and doing it. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like this, it's good where everyone's talking about it at the same time. Like, I don't want people to freak out and then not ever go take it because they're too scared about the fail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it's, I think that it's great that both of you guys, I mean, it's, if you think about it, like, even though Maria years was afterwards, it is so true that a break from just all of it is so important. So if you go from undergrad to master's and then you put together, you graduate. So you're all like, excited about it. And then you put together this really uh, tight schedule to pass your exams. It's, it can, I think you can just burn out. So Mm -hmm. it's good to take that break and, and allow yourself and know that everyone's timeline is so different. Yeah. I did like, I have heard of people doing it where, you know, they graduate and they don't start working for a while and they just kind of knock it, knock them out. But it's not during a pandemic. It's not, you know, during all these other life things. So it it is like Emily was saying, like, it's hard to get a chance to, you know, that your life just stops for six to eight months where you could just focus and just do that. It's definitely like a privilege and something ridiculous that, you know, if you can afford to do that, that's awesome. But um, most of us don't have that kind of flexibility, I guess, um, to just spend that long just doing one thing but mm-hmm. it works for yeah. some people yeah so like figuring out how to integrate it appropriately in your life where you're not like overwhelming yourself where it's like okay every day I'm going to spend six hours studying it's like okay but it's just like not practical yeah. so even if you sit down for 20 minutes a day it's more beneficial than setting yourself up for failure by like putting too much on your plate and then not even tackling it so yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Everyone's on their own timeline. Like, I feel like we always, we keep saying that, but it's so true that I think it's like a double-edged sword that everyone's sharing their stories on like things like Aerie, Facebook group, mm-hmm. things like that. It's really easy to compare yourself. Um, and I definitely go through that all the time. I'm like, am I not fast enough? Like what's wrong with me? Like why is other people, are other people knocking them out in six weeks that I'm like, I'm still here. So, but I think it's, yeah, just, you know, don't, it's easy to get really caught up in other people's stories, but just try to block that out and just like focus on your own journey and you'll get there. Well, and, and it's like social media where people are posting their successes, right? So, uh, you know, on stuff like the Airy Facebook group, I love that group. It's super helpful. So Mm -hmm. I totally recommend it. And people do post when they don't pass as well, but 
people aren't posting like, you know, I've, I've haven't passed all my exams in six weeks or whatever, you know? So like people are posting it's a highlight reel. Yeah. Right. So exactly. It's a highlight reel. And then, and then, you know, maybe once they've finally passed, then they share their story, but it's important to know, like, yeah, exactly. Like there's whatever, 5,000 people in that group and you see the passes, but there's like another 4,000 people who are probably in the exact same boat as you who are on their own timeline. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, that's really important. Awesome. Well, I love that. I think it's again, helpful. I love that you guys are doing an ARE series. So definitely head over open plan podcast, go listen to all their stuff. Um, and you guys just came out with practice management. So are you going to Right. You're going to go through all the exams. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. I think we're going to do at least like maybe two episodes per exam because we want to do like a shorter one going through some practice questions and kind of the structure of the questions and and what they, the topics that they cover. Um, I think that would be really fun and useful as someone who's actively studying for that test. So um, yeah, we're going to want to put ourselves on the spot and try to figure them out a lot. Well, it's good. It, it kind of um, helps you study as well. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like you're it's totally self-serving. Yeah, exactly. You're helping yourself out. So then you just have to like get through it quickly so that you can like keep up with the episodes. That is stressing <laughs> me out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be no. studying for ones you're not even on. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll yeah. be good. It's like, you're going to really know what to expect for each one. Yeah. It's all a study tool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's nice to have you going through it live also in the Mm -hmm. episodes. It's a good perspective. Um, And like the thought process of how to answer Mm -hmm. the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Cause like I, you know, now the last ARE I took was 2019. So, you know, uh, my perspective is still, you know, like I, I have it, but it's also like, you know, outside looking in where when you're in it, it is a different it's mm-hmm. a different discussion. So it's yeah. awesome. There's so many changes and airy, like every month it feels like yeah. it's just like nonstop, like no more whiteboard. No, I mean, I'm sorry. No more scratch paper. I was like, there's no more whiteboard. I wish. I like, no, I'm sorry. What? No, no, I'm sorry. I wish. I'm like, I didn't get that announcement. Oh, I know. Uh, no, no, it's still there. Microsoft paint. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, another reason why I like put off scheduling my first one is like the whole PSI transition. I'm like, let me just wait until that's done. And yeah, I'll well, and they did afterwards. just announce that there are they re- are releasing new practice exams for each one, which that's is exciting. Huge. That's really nice. Yeah, and and especially like because there's so many good practice exams out there, but having it come from the source, and who knows, I'm sure that it's not going to be perfect, but having it come from the source is just at least having another something is nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask because, okay, studying for the exams, working. So we, you know, people already say like, well, I barely have time for studying and all that stuff. So you guys also have a podcast. So <laughs> how do you, how do you do that? How do you make time for that? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and what, mo- well, what motivated you guys to start that? Cause I love it and it is great marketing. And if you go and have your own firm sometime, it's, it's, it's really good marketing, but, but you guys don't have your own firm. So it's like, 
it's almost a passion project at that point. Yeah, it's purely just for fun. Um, (laughs) We're, I guess uh, it started, like I mentioned, we met in grad school um, and we were walking to our internships together, actually. So I guess this was summer 2019. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, summer 2019, we live near each other and our internships are near each other. So we'd walk to work together every day, which is pretty cute. Um, I, and time. I know, so, so pure. Uh, we would walk to work today, there and back. And so we would have a lot of time to just chat. And one of the big things we both love is podcasts. Um, huge podcast fans. We're always talking about like, oh, what are you listening to at work? Or what are your recommendations? And I think just like one day I was like, you know what? I think we could totally start a podcast. Like, cause we were yeah. talking about we were, struggles. We were studying for the lead exam. And, you know, we're like, there's like, no, it would be nice if there was a podcast that we could just study while listening. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, there's nothing like young architecture podcast. At the time there was nothing. Um, at least we couldn't find any, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so we started like, our podcast at like the exact same time. Yeah, I think you we did. When did you start yours? September 2020. Yeah, 2020. 2020, same. My first episode came out like September 1st, 2020. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. We, all the podcasts out there, there are, there are some really good ones and, but they tend to be like just a different audience. Like mm-hmm. we didn't find any like two, like female, like younger, I guess, starting out in the journey, they tend, the, the podcasts out there tend to be people who are already licensed, already had been in the profession for a long time. So their episodes are very much like informational, like what they've learned on their career. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So or, like, not as much candid. famous people. Well, that's what I was going to say too, is a lot of them are like interview based, which yes. it's, it's interesting because I, so because of that, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to like each like every other one, I'm going to have an interview because that seems like what everyone wants. But ironically, the interview episodes that I got would actually have really low listen hours. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe that's, maybe I need to like switch up how I'm doing it. And then, you know, obviously like this, or when I talked with Elif um, from ARE questions, that one was huge. And so it's, I realized it's not just getting an interview and what people want to listen to it's the subject and mm-hmm. whether that subject is via an interview or just talking like people you know people just want the information not just mm-hmm. yeah so but you're right like there isn't a ton of well okay so i i say there's like over 2 million podcasts or something and so when i first started i was like i want to do this but like everyone has a podcast. And I was just (laughs) probably thinking that because I wanted to do it, you know, when like you want a certain car and then all all of a sudden like, oh, everyone has that car. Yeah. So I was like, well, everyone has a podcast. Like maybe I shouldn't do it. And actually a girl who was working for me, we were talking about things and all of a sudden she's like, well, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? I'm like, yes, I have like a thousand (laughs) podcast episodes in my notes. Like (laughs) she's like, you should just do it. I'm like, all right, I'll just do it. And, (laughs) and it's funny now looking at it, like there aren't like, yeah, there's maybe, you know, a couple million podcasts, but then if you break it down to architecture, there's really only like a handful Yeah, and everyone wants to listen to something different. And then I would find myself back listening to architecture podcasts and then searching for more because I had already listened to all of those. So yeah, I love Mm -hmm. that. 
Yeah, just relatable yeah. content, I think. And we, we, I feel like we also went through a phase where we're like, should we just do nonstop interviews? And then, but I think our episodes that are just us two, a lot of times do better than the ones that interviews also. Um, but it really depends because like we have some interviews that perform super well because it's like the content. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a balance of both. But yeah, we just definitely noticed a gap in um, just young professional architecture content. So mm-hmm. that's how it was born. But I feel like with especially a podcast, it's really hard to stay consistent with it and and maybe me too because I'm like on my own so I don't have a partner who's like okay we're recording on you know whatever day so it's really easy to push it off so like I actually am like because I went through some lulls and I'm like I'm proud of myself for still doing it now even Mm -hmm. though you know because there's so many people who start and have like 10 episodes so how have you guys kept that momentum like how have you stayed is it the partnership or like what, you know? Yeah, I think, I mean, I remember reading that like something like 80% of podcasts die after seven episodes. And I was just like, <laughs> we need to get over seven. After we did seven, we're yeah, like, just get yes. past the hump. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, I remember from the beginning where we were really focused on just like making episodes versus like, we weren't too worried about, you know, making an Instagram and like growing our stuff online because we wanted to be like when people got to our page we wanted them to see plenty of podcast episodes that they would see like oh like they're keeping us up it's not like you know a five episode thing that kind of just died off so we're building kind of that um, content base to then at some point I don't remember what number we were at maybe like 15 or like 12 um, we were like we need to do more marketing now because Mm -hmm. we are like killing ourselves to record these episodes but like we need a bigger audience like we need to post more on Instagram and all that stuff which was like not really what we were supposed to be doing or like we're making a podcast and now we're creating content online. and we're content creators uh, yeah I know yeah it's like full-time so, job it's crazy it's full-time yeah. <laughs> it's a lot and I think in one in one sense like you Bryn have way more episodes than we do but like I, I feel like because we're two people, we have more coordination to do that we can't record yeah. as often. Yeah. Um, like if you know, I had a podcast on my own, or Emily had a podcast on her own. Like you could record at any time that you had some some time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it takes a little bit more because we meet to do a script and like, what are we going to post next? And like, think about media to post on Instagram and you know, plan new episodes. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think it does slow things down, but I think we've kept a good like, like urgency. Like whenever it take we take a, a little bit of a break, like unintentionally, <laughs> um, one of us would be like, "So should we meet?" And like, yeah, just us. <laughs> it's one person always being like, "So we should probably do our next episode now." <laughs> like, and it's definitely not even like intentional because honestly, we both love doing it. Like, it's so much fun like creating content I always tell Maria I'm like I wish we could do this during the day like while you know we're awake because we're doing this like after work we're doing this on weekends and it could definitely be a full-time job like creating content for it and it's stuff we're really passionate about it's like really fun to talk about the content like graphics and stuff we do with it it's like really fun to make so it's not that we don't like doing it it's just fitting it in with a 
you know, full-time job and studying. I can't even imagine. That's why I'm like, because it's interesting, Maria, that you say that because it's true. Like, because I was thinking like you guys having the, the partnership helps bring, you know, helps the consistency, but at the same time, like I'm very much like I ebb and flow with how I do things. And so when I'm in it, like I'm, and I'm feeling really excited and like wanting to record, I'll record like a couple episodes and then I can release them as needed or, or we've never been able to do that. Yeah. It's (laughs) because if you're doing we're like exhausted. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But it was a lot with Matt. Remember it was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because especially if you're, you know, your episodes are longer and that's why even right before I had a baby, I'm like, okay, I have to come up with some stuff that I can schedule. And that's why I had the, uh, the, questions like the short episodes that were only like five minutes or something so at least something was coming up but it's it's it is a lot of work and I do have the flexibility because I have my own business that I can record but like I can't imagine doing it nights and weekends and stuff I will say too like at this point I wasn't really studying for the ARES until now so Emily was doing it so whenever she was busy studying like I would do you know graphics or whatever and like mm. edit the episodes and stuff so like now whenever she gets done it might switch a little bit yeah. and it, I was like we, I don't know if we could have done it if we were both studying like at the same time as intensely as yeah as we should no, that <laughs> helped a lot having two people because it's like when one of us is super busy the other person like picks it up and like yeah. does certain things and that's helped a lot for sure yeah, yeah. that's awesome well that's amazing thank you guys both Saturday morning coming in here and, or I guess afternoon now. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't too bad for us. Yeah. <laughs> chatting with me. And I think it is amazing what you're doing. It is helpful and does provide so much value. And, um, you know, for people who are in the industry or even like, you know, who maybe don't even realize that architecture is what they want to do and they just happen upon it. Like, it's just so great to have more, people and young professionals too because you know so often like you think of the term architect and you just think like old white man so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all we found yeah that we were looking up exactly <laughs> and so it's redefine. nice to differentiate that a little bit so I love Thank it you. and I appreciate you guys coming on here and yeah go Thank check you. out their podcast and good luck on the Aries last couple ones and all of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for having us on. Um, we're obviously huge fans of you. And um, yeah, I think I might have mentioned this on our episode where we also interviewed Bryn. So definitely check that out. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you can hear her story. Um, but I like I watched your YouTube video when I failed Mary and now it's just very full circle that we're all talking to each other. And it's just now so we're cool. best friends. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast community is just yeah (laughs) it is fun it's it's fun like the whole content in instagram it's interesting how like every you know yeah it's like you you have friends who well now emily and i did meet in person which was amazing but like Mm -hmm. yeah it's like maria like i feel like i know you and it's it's just it's great it's a great community that you know to be a part of so yeah no we're so happy to be here thank you for having us yes of course all right guys have a wonderful saturday or whatever day you're listening to this and (laughs) see you soon